This is the Master Brewers Podcast, brought to you by the Master Brewers Association of the Americas, a volunteer organization dedicated to continually improving the products and processes of our membership since 1887. Master Brewers brings you interviews with the industry's best and brightest in brewing science, technology, and operations. This podcast is proudly sponsored by the packaging division of Micromatic, the leader in keg spear quality and innovation. Let our veteran technical support staff provide you with the training and information you need to safely service your kegs. For more information, visit micromatic.com. And we went for a, a, a four and a half to one ratio for Manta Ray, uh, the one that we entered into GABF and, and, it, and it won gold. This week on the show, Aaron Justice from Ballast Point joins us to talk about targeting sulfate to chloride ratios to enhance hop and malt character. You guys uh, recently built a brewery here in Virginia. Was that the main driver behind this project or something else? Uh, it was something else. I uh, teach a course at UCSD and I do raw materials and uh, we, we study water as one of the main raw materials. And um, so I, I was always interested in water and John Palmer actually uh, lectures at one of my classes as well. So uh, he and I have talked about uh, doing experiments and we've done a, a couple of experiments uh, with water and, and, and flavor. And um, and then it kind of evolved. Uh, once we opened up the East Coast Brewery, uh, we were concerned about uh, uh, flavor matching. And so then we started really delving into analyzing our water and even the ionic structure of our finished product. Were we matching uh, on the East Coast what we were producing on the West Coast? Was, is the water pretty different between the two plants? Very different. Uh, the, the water here in San Diego is incredibly hard, uh, except recently. Uh, we've seen a, a huge shift in our water here in San Diego uh, because of last winter. We had so much uh, rain, uh, not necessarily here in San Diego, but uh, up north. We had a lot of snowpack in the Sierra, so uh, the water completely changed. And now here in San Diego, we have uh, more soft water. So uh it's it's constantly changing here and over uh on the east coast uh, the water is definitely more soft as well Why you give us a lowdown on some of the constituents we're talking about let's let's talk about sulfate what does it do in beer how much are we supposed to have and where does it come from a uh, sulfate um it happens in your uh, city water source uh but it also occurs naturally uh in barley which is what we uh discovered um, which I found very interesting. Uh, but sulfate uh, can enhance uh, the hop character of a beer, it can enhance uh, dryness and even just um, uh, bitterness. So that's, that's great for an IPA or an American pale ale, uh, but maybe not so much if uh, you're making uh, an English mild or uh, a stout or a, a lager. Uh, sulfates can also be synthesized by yeast uh, 
uh, for amino acid uh, synthesis. So uh, you'll see sulfates being utilized by uh, yeast as well. What are the typical ranges we're supposed to be within well, as far as sulfates go? So you can have as low as uh, 50 to start off with. Uh, with IPAs, uh, specifically even our IPAs, uh, we'll see uh, sulfates uh, going into the 400s. How about chloride? Let's talk about that. So chloride, uh, you can see recommended levels anywhere from 50 to 150, and it kind of balances out the effects of sulfate. So you can see uh, palate fullness, uh, provides kind of a mellow flavor, uh, could also enhance uh, the malt character of a beer. Uh, you don't want too much chloride, though, because of uh, a couple things. First off, uh, above 500 uh, parts per million, you can see uh, sluggish fermentations, maybe even restriction of flocculation. Um, and also high chloride levels in, in your water source uh, can corrode stainless steel. Uh, but the good thing about chloride, uh, when you're talking about uh, beer styles, uh, you would probably want that in a lager or mild or uh, a malt forward beer. You started off with some mini mashes in deionized water first. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Uh, sure. So I guess uh, to backtrack just a little bit, we had a process engineer uh, who was analyzing our, our, our water and our finished product, seeing the ionic structure uh, in anticipation of our East Coast brewery. And she discovered that um, malt brings to the table a lot. Uh, especially uh, with regards to chloride. Um, and, and I kind of discovered that with one of our experiments with John Palmer. We did uh, this experiment where we used deionized water and built alkalinity uh, with calcium hydroxide. And uh, we analyzed the finished product of that porter and also noticed this chloride spike. Then I went to our district MBAA uh, meeting yeah, here in uh, California, the annual one, and Katie Orr from uh, Sierra Nevada gave a presentation about it. And I was thinking, holy smokes, uh, this is a thing. And uh, so I kind of reached out to her to see what she had discovered as well. And uh, she was uh, realizing that uh, barley variety, you can see variations of, uh, of sulfate and maybe a little bit in chloride as well. Uh, so I decided to do these mini mashes. And so I was wondering, okay, is, is this a regional thing? Uh, is it a specific uh, barley and malt? Or is it across the globe? So I did a mini mash of base malts from uh, Canada, from England, from Germany. I even threw in some malted wheat from Canada and uh, compared it then to raw barley. So I did a mini mash. Uh, held it in a thermos for about uh, for an hour at 150 degrees. I targeted a 10 Plato wort and uh, was kind of surprised by the results. So sulfate, uh, the malt would bring uh, anywhere from about 50 to 100 ppm. Uh, chloride, we would see almost 200 ppm uh, brought by the malt. Calcium was about 25. Magnesium was uh, right around 70. And sodium was anywhere from 20 to 40. That's interesting. And obviously, uh, there's a big uptick from your raw barley to the malted samples. I don't know the answer to this, but it would be great to speak with uh, someone who's got more expertise in that area to find out you know, just how much of an influence the maltster's water profile has on that as well, you know? 
I, I would totally, I would totally agree with that. And uh, uh, I'm kind of a layperson uh, with regards to that. But I've talked to some maltsters, and um, the water that they bring in a lot of times is just straight from the city. Uh, but it depends on the maltster, and I, I think that um, I, I, I can't say with certainty, but I can only imagine that the water that you malt with will affect uh, the, the, the finished product, the ionic, ionic structure uh, of that finished malt. Yeah. Okay, so after that, you did an experiment with a couple of different uh, Pilsner brews, again with DI water, and I believe those were brewed in your pilot brewery, right? Uh, they were. So we have a pilot brewery uh, at our Little Italy location uh, in downtown San Diego. It's a five-barrel, uh, awesome brew house. It's really fun to, to, to brew on there. And uh, we, we get to do a lot of experiments. So we brewed a, a couple different uh, Pilsner experiments uh, just to see uh, the effect of uh, sulfate to chloride ratio. Uh, because if, if malt was bringing to the table... Uh, varying amounts of sulfate and chloride, uh, how was that going to affect the finished product? So we kind of wanted to discover that. And did you already have a deionized water set up for that pilot brewery, or was this a special case? Uh, this one was a special case. So we, we uh, worked with uh, Waterworks here in town, and um, uh, they provide carbon filtration for us and, and, and our RO system. And uh, they're working at UCSD to come up with alternative methods of, of getting fresh water. So they, uh, they do what's called the, the ambient air project, where they take uh, water from the ambient air, the coastal air, and uh, condense that water into uh, ultra-pure uh, water, almost completely, uh, almost 10 to, uh, total dissolved solids. So almost uh, equivalent to deionized water. Nice. Really cool project. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, tell us about those, uh, those pilot brews. Uh, so the first one, we, we thought, okay, uh, if, if malt is bringing so much chloride to the table, what if we went extreme? We added a lot of calcium sulfate into the mash, knowing that that finished product, we wanted uh, a, a larger spread of sulfate to chloride. And uh, conversely, we thought, okay, the other one, uh, we're going to target uh, maybe a ratio of of of, of one to two, uh, something that's not as extreme, knowing that uh, malt's going to bring anywhere from two to three hundred ppm of of chloride, and uh, and then we wanted to do sensory analysis uh, to see the, the the flavor effects. And what kind of results did you see there? Uh, it was kind of interesting. So uh, first, we we saw. Uh, how all these ions change through the entire process. So uh, we, we sent it to, and uh, we kind of outsourced it to another lab so that they could do ICP analysis of each one of these ions. And we traced it from uh, the brew water uh, to pre-boil to knock out to finished product. And uh, it was interesting. So sulfate, of course, jumped up during the mash. Uh, it also went up uh, during the boil. Uh, I will say, though, that we, we add yeast nutrients, so th there's a possibility that the sulfate increase was caused by that. And then we saw a decrease of sulfate during fermentation. Again, uh, the yeast uh, metabolizing that sulfate to, to uh, synthesize amino acids. Uh, chloride, we saw that sharp jump up during the mash, uh, and then kind of a steady increase uh, 
through the boil and through fermentation. Uh, I'm still uncertain why that happened, uh, but it's possible that it, 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 it could have come from the hops. So I, that's something I haven't studied yet. Coming up, enhancing the hop character of Manta Ray and more. I'm John Bryce, and you're listening to the Master Brewers Podcast from the Master Brewers Association of the Americas. This podcast is proudly sponsored by the packaging division of Micromatic. In 2015, Micromatic introduced the concept of a 10-year, 10-color coating of CO2 valves as a tool for brewers to proactively separate kegs which are due for spear service or replacement. Industry veterans John Graber and Steve Brott are available for workshops and presentations to ensure safe and effective maintenance of your Micromatic spears. For more information, visit Micromatic.com. Here's what's coming up on the Master Brewers calendar. Don't miss the Intro to Sake and Sake Brewing webinar December 6th or the Draft Line Cleaning Best Practices webinar January 16th. District St. Louis meets January 18th at Anheuser-Busch InBev. District New England meets in New Hampshire January 19th and 20th. The 2018 District Ontario Technical Conference is January 24th through the 26th in Niagara Falls. District Northern California holds its technical conference February 2nd at Sierra Nevada in Chico. District St. Louis meets at O'Fallon Brewery on February 15th. District Mid-South meets at Mill Creek in Nashville March 2nd and 3rd. Districts Michigan and St. Louis both meet March 15th. And check out the stellar speaker lineup for the 2018 Eastern Technical Conference March 23rd and 24th in Atlantic City. View the full calendar of events at mbaa.com for more details or to find a district meeting near you. Now back to the show. Beer that was high in sulfate was actually preferred. Why was that? What what type of descriptors did your sensory panel use for that? Uh, so for the first experiment, uh, we actually uh, uh, they they noticed a a, a sharpness, uh, a, a better hop character. Uh, whereas the the chloride one uh, was a little bit more chalky, a little bit more minerally. Uh, so in the first experiment, uh, the sulfate uh, uh, the sulfate heavy uh, beer was preferred. Uh, it's a very lightly dry hopped uh, uh, pilsner, so people preferred that hop character. You also measured uh, calcium, magnesium, and sodium throughout the process. Was there anything interesting to report there? Uh, it, it was actually interesting. I, so the calcium dropped dramatically during the mash, uh, which, is, which is to be expected. Uh, the calcium interacts with phosphates, releases the hydrogen ion, and you see a, a, a drop in pH during the mash. That's, that's what we want. Um, and then it kind of held steady throughout the rest of the process. Uh, not a, really a, a dramatic drop in calcium during the boil or during fermentation. Uh, magnesium shot up, which is to be expected uh, from the malt, and kind of just held steady through the boil and through fermentation. Sodium kind of did the same thing. It, it went up uh, during the mash, 
and then held steady through the process. So after that, you repeated the same experiment, but with diff- different calcium chloride and, and gypsum additions. What was different that time? So in this one, we, we, we dialed it back. Uh, we, we, we figured, okay, in this one, we're going to do more of a, a realistic, uh, what would we do if this was our brewery? So this one, we targeted a three to one ratio, sulfate to chloride. And the other one was just a one to three. And, and then I uh, did all the same analysis and, uh, and sensory uh, to see uh, the finished results. And how did those turn out? So as expected, uh, the, 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 the sulfate chloride did the same thing in this, in this experiment. Uh, the calcium, magnesium, sodium also did the same thing through the process. Uh, we finished off with the finished product. Um, the, the sulfate one, uh, the finished product actually ended up being uh, the same amount of sulfate and chloride. So again, the chloride jumped up during the process so that the the finished beer had 247 ppm of sulfate and 247 ppm of chloride so it finished at the same whereas on the second experiment we saw a huge spread the chloride ended up at 335 ppm of chloride and and the sulfate was only 129 so we saw a huge spread between sulfate and chloride on the second one I noticed that you reported uh, different IBUs between the um, the first set of brews and the second set of brews. Was that uh, an, an intentional recipe change, or was there something else going on there? I think uh, in the first experiment, um, the mash pH was a little bit different, so the, the overall pH through the process was just a little bit different. So uh, I, I would say... Because we used less salts in the second one, I, I think we got a little bit uh, different isomerization for sure. How about some general takeaways here from, from all this work? Uh, so the, in the second experiment, we, we found um, no st- statistical significance out of 57 participants. Uh, we only got, uh, I, I believe it was 22 people got it correctly. So in a triangle taste test, uh, you know, people couldn't detect a difference. Now, uh, most of the trained uh, uh, sensory analysis uh, 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 participants uh, did detect the difference. And of those, uh, the people uh, preferred significantly the one that was heavy in chloride. Whereas in the first one, it was sulfate. And also uh, with this experiment, the second experiment, uh, the way that they described these two, the one that was sulfate heavy, they said it had a, uh, a higher hop bitterness, uh, a, 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 an enhanced hop aroma. Uh, we use Mandarina Bavaria as a dry hop, and, and people were describing uh, ripe strawberry character uh, in that beer. Uh, whereas the one that was chloride heavy, uh, people were getting more bread, biscuit, malt, uh, more mellow, full. Uh, mouthfeel. So if you if you really look at just what people were saying, uh, especially the trained um, uh, uh, tasters, uh, I would say that that was significant. That sulfate to chloride does matter. Uh, but I would also say that uh, what was interesting is that if if, if you're gonna if you're gonna target this, 
uh, you want to go for a, a, a pretty significant spread between the two. So if, if you're going to try to enhance hop character, you, you want to use a lot of sulfate. And if you want to go for more malt, you're really going to have to target uh, more chlorides. I would, I would say more than just a two to one and a one to two, I would shoot for uh, a one to three or, or and three to one, or even a, a, a four to one and a one to four. Very interesting. You also uh, noticed some differences in uh, foam stability, right? I did, and we've uh, we've done this whenever we use deionized water and build the water back up, and you know only use specific ions. Uh, the one that's been deionized usually has better head retention. So I'm, I don't know which specific ion it is, but I, I swear I'm going to figure this out. But uh, it's got to be. Uh, I, I'm not going to say it's sulfate, but uh, it could easily just be uh, just a balance thing. Uh, but I, I've seen this now three times with three different experiments where we've seen improved head retention with deionized water. So, uh, to be continued. <laughs> All right, fair enough. But uh, there was a was one better than the other in terms of foam stability. You, you said you, I think you said you did see a better foam, and and whether it was it chloride versus sulfate or the other way around. Uh, yeah. So so it was the chloride heavy one was uh, had better head retention. So uh, I've talked to some people and and they say well maybe that could uh, have to have something to do with solubility of protein in the mash. I I'm not even going to go there uh, until <laughs> I actually try to study that. Fair enough. Uh, but I I think um I, I think that's definitely something that we want to discover a little bit more. I also want to delve more into the, the effect uh, of malt on the ionic structure of, of finished beer, uh, because I honestly believe that if you can get uh, averages of what malt can bring to the table, uh, you can take any finished beer off the shelf, uh, get ICP analysis, and then work backwards and figure out uh, what water profile people are using uh, you know, to brew world-class beer. Very cool. How about any process changes resulting from this study? As it stands right now, uh, what was what was beautiful uh, about our water becoming more soft here in San Diego is that we were able to uh, uh, build up our water uh, to kind of whatever profile that we want. Uh, on our large facility at Miramar, uh, we have a 300 barrel brew house. Uh, we use RO for the water there. But uh, at our Scripps Ranch location, where we do uh, most of our specialty beers, which uh, is where I work, uh, we're, we're still at the mercy of the city. Uh, so we, we aggressively targeted this ratio uh, on our Imperial IPA, Manta Ray. And we went for a, a, a four and a half to one ratio for Manta Ray. Uh, the one that we entered into GABF and and it, and it won gold. And I'm not I'm not going to say that that's the the sole reason uh, uh, why it won, but I can say this. Um, you know, if you're going to target uh, sulfate to chloride ratio, uh, it's not necessarily that it's about flavor consistency, but it's also it's mostly if you want to take your beer to the next level. If you if you want to win. Uh, awards, or if you want to to kind of distinguish your your brand from other brands, uh, you really do have to eventually focus on water. 
That was Aaron Justice here on the Master Brewers Podcast. If you like what you heard today, pick up a copy of the 2017 Master Brewers Conference Proceedings from the Master Brewers Bookstore at mbaa.com. One hundred and thirty years ago, Master Brewers was built on the concept of brewers helping each other out so we could all make the best possible beer. That's still true to this day, and it's where a lot of the camaraderie in this industry originated. Master Brewers award-winning Ask the Brewmasters is the best place to go for troubleshooting, where you'll find the industry's only discussion forum that's moderated for technical accuracy by a team of experts. See what everyone else is talking about at community.mbaa.com. United, we brew. Did you enjoy today's episode? Would you like us to keep making more? If so, there's a really simple way you can let us know. Subscribe, rate, and review the Master Brewers Podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. 